it is uh, indeed uh, wonderful to come before God in the fullness of His grace and mercy, knowing that in His holiness and His, His purity, that uh, in Christ we are secure before Him, that uh, we can come before Him without fear, that we can, no, no matter how big a mess we make in uh, our own lives, we can come before Him um, in fee- without fear, in total faith, knowing that He'll, he, he'll teach us, He'll lead us, he'll, he, he forgives us in Christ and wants to use even the messes to, to teach us and to teach others, to, to form in us the very character of Christ. And uh, our passage today is going to address that mess that we can cause at times. And, and it's a good thing in the midst of the mess to stop and say, how did I get into this? You, you ever done that? You know, you get into a mess and, say, and you're in the middle of it and you're like, there's no easy way to get out of this, but I'm in it. Usually for me, it happens a lot when I'm driving and didn't bring the map. You know, and just sort of got a general idea. Well, I know it's on the east side of town. And then I spend an hour looking for it. And about, you know, 30 minutes into it, I'm like, how did I get into this? I remember vividly, and this was years ago, one of my, like, first interviews. This was in high school. And we had to go down to Auburn uh, University for this interview. And I didn't know what an interview was. And I forget exactly what it was for. But... Uh, Went, went down there, and I just figured we'd sit around the table and chat a little while, you know, have, uh, have some barbecue, and it'd be, a, it'd be a nice interview. And I, you know, walked into this formal room with the, you know, the, uh, the heavy uh, wood there, and all these big people dressed in big people clothes around this big people table. And I sit down, plop down, and they... So, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I'm like, a little bit about how do you answer that question? And so, in, the mo- in, the, the, in that moment, I said, well, let me start at the beginning. I was born at St. Vincent's Hospital in Birmingham, Alabama. And their faces didn't change a lick. They didn't know, say anything. And, well, I figure, having now been on the other side of the table a couple times, they were thinking, this is going to be a long answer. But in that moment, I was like, where's the exit? You know, how do I say goodbye? Because I was totally ill-prepared for this mess of an interview that I was in. And, but I learned from that to consider the interview from now on. And what I wanted to communicate and just maybe what they were going to ask. So it was a mess at the time, but one in which I could learn from. We find the Israelites also being reminded of the mess that they were in and just why they were in it. Zechariah, remember the basic story. Israel had been destroyed by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar led the Babylonian army into Israel, into Jerusalem, destroyed the city, destroyed the temple, took most of the people prisoner, brought them up to Babylon, and now they're servants and slaves in Babylon. And Zechariah and Ezra, who we've been walking with the last 
several weeks, are the ones leading Israel back to Jerusalem. This has been around 70 years or so, and now it's time, God's calling them back, and they're going to rebuild the temple and repopulate the land. And, and what, what happens in this is that Zechariah starts to get a glimpse, starts to hear some of the, the same things, the same habits that got him into the mess to begin with, started hearing those same kind of thoughts and ideas. So he is going to take this time to remind them why you got into this mess to begin with. So that they don't do it again. So that's what we find Zechariah sharing with the Israelites in Zechariah chapter 7, starting with verse 8. It's found on page 772 in your pew Bible if you want to turn there. And if you do turn there, keep your finger there because actually I'll refer to a couple verses just above it um, in, in a little bit. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your written word and we ask that you will speak to us. Teach us, lead us in in the ways of Jesus and the power of your spirit so that we might indeed fulfill the very pleasure of your will. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Zechariah chapter 7 starting with verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the orphan, the alien, or the poor. And do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to listen and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears in order not to hear. They made their hearts adamant in order not to hear the law and the words that the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Just as when I called, they would not hear, so when they called, I would not hear, says the Lord of hosts. And I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations that they had not known. Thus the land they left was desolate, so that no one went to and fro. And a pleasant land was made desolate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, the key point that Zechariah is making to the people in uh, Israel, as they're, they're coming back into the line, into the land, is found in verse 11. 11 and 12. The, 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 the heart of the issue is just that, their heart. They had stopped listening for God. They, they had stopped, not, and not just hearing His word, but they had stopped hearing it and doing it. It wasn't just a matter of their ears hearing, but of their ears hearing and then doing what He, uh, what God had said. God wasn't silent. God had been speaking to them throughout the ages. He'd been bringing up prophets like Moses. He'd been bringing up prophets like Elisha and Elijah. 
Samuel. He'd been speaking to the people throughout their time, but they did not hear. They, they, they did not come alongside God to join with what God was doing. They were fulfilling some of the laws. They were sort of picking and choosing which ones they wanted to follow. And they had fallen into a trap that's very common for folks who are of a religion. It was a religiosity. They were fulfilling sort of the, what do I need to do to be right? What do I need to do to be okay? Sort of treating God as that divine vending machine in a sense, you know. What do I need to do so that God will reward me? If you look up uh, at verse 3... Um, above it. it, we're given the situation that brings out Zechariah's words here. But in verse 3, we're told that, that the people, you know, they, they'd moved back into Jerusalem. Now, they'd been there for a little while. And so now they were asking the priests, verse 3, they were asking the priests of the house of the Lord of hosts and the prophets, should I mourn and practice abstinence in the fifth month? as I've done for so many years. Then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me. Say to all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and lamented in the fifth month and in the seventh, for these 70 years, was it for me that you fasted? And when you eat and when you drink, do you not eat and drink only for yourselves? They had begun, what was happening there, the fasts were probably fasts in the fifth and the seventh month that they developed while in exile. They probably were commemorating the destruction of the temple. So at its time, it was a very useful fast and a thing for them to practice to remember the destruction of the temple and God's provision for them. But now they were moving back into the, the land and saying, hey, so do we need to keep those anymore? And God, through Zechariah, sensing that they, they lost touch with the very purpose of the fast to begin with, needed to correct them. The purpose of the fast, the purpose of the prayer, the, 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 the purpose of, of, ga- of you gathering together before me is not so that you get the reward from me, but it's so that you get me. It's so that you you receive me. It's so that you are walking with me, that you are not in a fulfilling the religious duties, but you are in a living, vibrant relationship with me. Your, the three body parts that he talks about, your, your ears, your heart, and your shoulders are in the right posture to walk with me to be formed according to my character, to be formed according to my nature, to do the works that I want you to do, to be in a a living relationship with me, not a list of do's and don'ts so that we get it right or wrong, but a living relationship. It's crucial we recognize that in our own lives. It's crucial that we we ask that question of ourselves because it's it's very 
powerful influence in our world for everything to revolve around me. No, on the computer, I've got my space. I can go to a bakery up here in Finneytown and it's my Panera. I've got a card that says my Panera on it. And then you drive down Ronald Reagan and you know what? I got my own hospital. It's my mercy hospital. Did you know that? Notice that. I mean, the entire, this multi-million dollar organization, corporation is mine. It is for me. It is a very powerful cultural influence to tell us that everything is for me, even God. And if that's the case with us, if that's the temptation we fall in, we're in good company because it happened to Israel thousands of years ago. It's not a cultural issue. It's a human issue. So Zechariah is reminding them as he reminds us, how'd you get in this mess to begin with? Hey, you made it about you instead of it being about God. You, you made it about doing the things you need to do in order to sort of check God off instead of being in a living, vibrant relationship with Him. Are your ears and your heart and your shoulders in the right posture? Are your ears open to hear what God may be telling you and leading you to do? Is your heart soft to receive what God wants to do in you? And are your shoulders up and open to submit to the very will of God? Well, then, that's why I think verses 9 and 10 is why Zechariah then gives, here's how to get the right posture. Here's what you need to be about. These are the things that are the very character, the very nature of God. And so if you practice these, then you're practicing the very character and nature of God. This isn't something that you do in order to, to satisfy me, God would say, but it's something so that you are in tune with my heart. It's a way for you to practice the right posture. It's a way for you to put that book on your head and walk like you're supposed to walk. Verse 9 and 10. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Render true judgments. Show kindness and mercy to one another. Do not oppress the widow, the orphan, the alien, or the poor. And do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. And that's nothing new. That's... As throughout the scriptures, this call to justice, this call to mercy, this call to caring for others more than for yourself. I mean, we looked at it in Philippians a few months ago with Paul. Consider others more important than yourself. I mean, the greatest commandment of Jesus, right? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That means you care as much about your neighbor's refrigerator and what's in it as you do your own. It's throughout the prophets, not just... I mean, Zechariah is probably quoting from Jeremiah from a, a number of different settings. Micah says the same thing, right? What, is, what, is, what do I require of you? What is required of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Isaiah in chapter 58, where he tells us, what is the true fast? The, the true fast is... 
to feed those that are hungry. To, to bring the homeless into your own homes. To give clothing to those that are naked. That's what Isaiah says is the true fast. It's throughout the scriptures because this is the very character, the very heart of God to give for the benefit of others. To reach out to those in our world who are put down, who are oppressed, who are sidelined, who are silenced. It's why regularly... When I gather with one of the kids on their way out the door or around the kitchen table in the morning or just dropping them off at school, one of the quick things that I pray for us, Lord, let us be kind and loving, especially to those who are uncool. Because I think that's just the character and nature of God in a world that has to qualify some people as cool and some people as uncool. And that's, that's the guts of what God is telling his people then. That is, we are in tune connecting to those that our world calls poor and broken. Those that are oppressed. That's what gives us the right posture to keep our ears open, our hearts soft, and our shoulders submitted to the will of our God. That, that keeps us in the right posture so that God is not just our divine vending machine, but that God is our Lord. Our living Lord. Our loving Lord. Our teacher. The one who leads us into the way of life. How can we continue to be reminded by the mess that Israel got into? How can we, each one of us in our own settings, keep that right posture where we're looking to be kind and loving, especially to the uncool? What wonderful opportunities we have coming up, even in this season with Christ's community. There's an article about it in Hot Off the Press. And a simple way to help provide for those in our neighborhood that would be hungry. And for a variety of ministries within this particular congregation that we do in order to help us keep the right posture. Whether it's tutoring children, whether it's helping provide food, whether it's housing homeless in the church building, whether it's visiting other countries to share the good news of Jesus or solar power or both. It's all so that we keep the right posture. It's God's way of saying this will help you keep the right posture because it will keep your attention off of you and onto others and that in turn will keep your ears open, your heart soft and your shoulders ready to submit to me. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your wisdom that you share with us as we Look at your word. We ask that your, your spirit would speak to us in this moment. 
continuing to encourage us in the ways that we do give like you give. Demonstrating to us, showing us the avenues in which we can give like you give. And that correct us, Lord, help us see the the many ways that maybe we do it, but we do it with wrong motives, that we do it in order to just check something off or do a reward instead of to, to continue to be changed according to your character, according to the very nature of Jesus. We, we give ourselves to you in this moment and pray that you would teach us and, and lead us. Speak to us. Continue to open our ears and soften our hearts and keep our shoulders up and open to you.